Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 30 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes from a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Today's episode will be a little different from what we normally do here at Seasoned Athlete. I recently had the opportunity to bring the Seasoned Athlete podcast to the Celebrity Sweat Wellness Day in downtown Los Angeles. Celebrity Sweat is a television show on Discovery Life Channel that features interviews with celebrities and athletes and is all about motivating and inspiring people to live their best lives, kind of like what we do around here. This episode will feature interviews with three people who are all over 40 and represent different specialties in the fitness and wellness arena. The first interview is with Tybo creator, fitness legend, and Celebrity Sweat co-host, Billy Blanks. The second interview is with martial arts athlete and Qigong expert, Chris Shelton. And the final interview of the episode is with Hollywood physique expert and Celebrity Sweat co-host, Eric the Trainer. In these three interviews, you'll hear three distinctly different stories, but also some common threads as well, such as taking care of yourself from the inside out and the importance of getting rest. All three people in this episode are over 40 and have some fantastic advice for the over 40 athlete. So without further ado, let's get into this week's Celebrity Sweat episode and our first interview with the Billy Blanks. I am here at the Celebrity Sweat Wellness event and I am sitting with the one and only Billy Blanks. Welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you. So Billy, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your age in this moment in time? Well, my age is I'm 62 years old. Just 62. Happy birthday. So, Billy, I just watched you teach a high-energy Tybo class right in front of my table here. And you don't just teach the class. You move with the class. You are doing the moves. You are reaching or exceeding the energy of the class, or you are setting the tone for the energy of the class. How is it that you are able, at 62 years old, to keep kicking, as it were, stay active, stay vital? You don't look like your age suggests. So what is what is the key for staying active, healthy, and athletic at 62? Well, I think one of the most important things is making sure, you know, one, you sleep well. I'm going to always say that. Two, make sure you eat right. And three, you got to get out there and you got to exercise. And then I think it's all about, too, the way you think, the way you, what kind of words come out of your mouth. I'm always talking to clients. You know, when I turned, I shot my first video at 44 years old. When Tybo came out I was, on the video, I was 44. So I believe that when you hit that second stage of your life, that, I, I call that the second act of my life. Now I'm going to get ready to move into the second part of my life. So in that stage, there's things that I didn't have to do in the earlier part of my life that I have to do in this part of my life. And that's be positive with all the things that I'm thinking about because I can, I think that when a person starts to get mind old first, then I think it's over. So it starts with mindset above all. Right, mindset above all. Watching what kind of words you put in your mind, your heart, because I believe words are like gasoline. You can either put regular gas in your car or you can put high octane. And so my goal is to put a high octane in my life and high octane words are words that will get you where you need to go. It's so interesting because people talk about that high octane fuel, but they usually talk about that in regards to what you eat, nutrition. And it's a lot of times when people think about 
fitness, wellness, staying active, it's like you've got to exercise and you got to eat right. And those are kind of the two things. But I find it really interesting that, first of all, you came out with sleep above all, number one thing. And then mindset and what words you say to yourself. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the power of taking care of yourself and what it what it means to take care of yourself and what that can translate to in your life? Well, I think when most people talk about, especially fitness, most people talk about fitness, they talk about maybe lifting weights, going out and run, doing, doing things like that, being active. I think you can, be, you can be as active as possible, right? But if your mindset is not right, then being physical ain't gonna do you any good. So my thing is always telling people one of the most important things to understand what your enemies are when it comes to physical fitness or when it comes to having a good, successful life. I believe that the words that you say at your mouth gotta be important. When you say, I always ask this question, uh, what's the most powerful thing in the world? Most people come up with money, some people say this, and some people say all sorts of things, right? When I use money, I say, well, if you take money, it's powerful. If I take money and I put it in a certain place, lay it against the wall, can it do anything? They go, no. So then is money the most powerful thing in the world? They go, no. I said, well, I think the most powerful thing in the world to me is words. What you say out your mouth, what you have in your thoughts is what's going to cause your life to be where it is. And I do my best to try to watch that when I'm in my life. When I'm around my nine, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I'm always watching what I say of my mom because if I don't watch what I say, what she hear me say will be in her life. And I think that's so important because I think a lot of people pay attention to what they say to their kids, what they say to others, but I think they don't necessarily put that much power into what they say to themselves. Why is that? I think when, when moms or dads or brothers or sisters, when they try to help each other or you try to help a client, you can see a client. Right? You can see when they're doing something wrong. So you go to them, you say, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Then they do it. But yourself, you don't get a chance to see yourself. Then you got other people who watch over you. They go, hey, Billy, I think you need to change your life. I think you need to do this. Okay, why do you say that? Well, this is what I'm seeing happen in your life. Just think about it. Go back and try to make a change. See why I can't see myself, but I can see other people. That's why it's so easy to help people. I believe in Taibo. And when I was teaching and it came out on video, I believe that it got to a certain point where Billy Blanks didn't see himself. All he was doing was seeing people. So in the midst of him just seeing other people, he became blind to himself and then didn't know how to help himself. So you, you go to a state, you go to a stage in your life where you go, you go through slumps and then you got to do something to help change it. And that's where you got to figure out how can I change what's happening inside how do I need to change how I talk to myself and how I inspire myself? Because there's only so much inspiration and motivation you can get externally. If you're not believing it in your heart, how do you make that happen? Well, I believe what, what changed me is I love God. When I started reading, and I don't tell people what to believe in, but when they, people ask me how I got to be who I am, I always tell people, I, I, I use the word J-E-S-U-S, -S, Jesus. I love Jesus Christ. so. I started reading the Bible and I started taking things from the Bible and I started applying it in my life and I started seeing things happen. And then when I started seeing that, I went, oh my, oh my God, this is awesome. And then I started turning it over, trying to help people with it. You walk in my gym, you see on the wall, walk by faith, not by sight. I like to use that for a good example because most of the time, people are using their sight instead of their faith. And when it comes to that, you're gonna always be limited. But when it comes to faith, and you know how to take the God kind of faith and put it in order, all of a sudden it starts to change your life. 
you right? And you go, wow, I never thought I could do this. It's like me saying this to you. If I go like this and I go, hey, I'm gonna give you something, take it. Do you believe you have that in your hand? I do. I do believe it. Okay, give it to me. Ask me that question. Do you believe you have it in your hand? No, I know it's in my hand. What does the belief got to do with this? So I try to show people an example on, on how you can take faith and put it in order so you can get stuff to make you be a better person, a better life. Take belief and turn it into knowledge. Well, Billy, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. I loved, I, I wish I took your class. I should have taken your class. But uh, I loved watching it. I loved seeing your energy. I loved seeing you live the seasoned athlete life, showing people that no matter what your age is, no matter what your fitness background is, no matter when you're starting, because for you it was in your 40s, it's never too late. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey there, Robin Leggett back at the Celebrity Sweat Wellness event in downtown LA. And right now, I am sitting next to Chris Shelton of Shelton Qigong. Welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests. That's the first and foremost question. That is, what is your age at this moment in time? My current age is 47, going on 48. Awesome. So let's talk about your athletic background. What is your athletic background? Well, I enjoy all types of exercise. You know, I played football in high school. I played uh, soccer. I was on the swim team. But after I was 18, I, I put myself into Taekwondo. So I consider mostly what I do is martial arts. I've done most martial arts since I was 18 years old. And when did you start getting competitive with martial arts? Actually, I'm one of these go-getters, so I started competing as soon as I got my first white belt or my white stripe. You know, I thought I did my first Taekwondo competition, and I didn't get a chance to compete that much because I, I had a back injury. But yeah, it was actually right away after I started competing or after I started training. And how long did you compete before you decided to take a step back from it? Well, what like I said, what happened was was that in um, when I was 18 years old, I started competing. And I competed for about a year, and then I received a really serious back injury training one night, and which then I thought was going to end my martial art career. And I started doing things like Tai Chi and Qigong. And I didn't know Tai Chi at the time was actually a martial art. I mean, my teacher at the time was talking about it, but I didn't know you could actually could compete with it as a martial art. And so I didn't train or I didn't compete for many years. I didn't start competing again until I was in my 30s. Yeah, and then uh, I started competing with Tai Chi as a martial arts in tournaments because I was an instructor and I didn't want to be one of those instructors that just talked about Tai Chi and his fighting applications from theory. You know, oh, this is what a book says or this is what my Sifu or my teacher says. I wanted to know from firsthand experience. You wanted to walk the walk. I wanted to walk the walk. Yeah, because as, as anybody who's ever fought before, there's a, there's a much different atmosphere and environment, things happening so fast when you're doing it live as opposed to you say, okay, stop, this is a punch, now you defend, right? I mean, it's a huge world of difference. So we were talking earlier and you talked about how you competed until you were 40. 40, yeah, until I was 40 years old. Yeah, I did my last, uh, what happened was, it was crazy. I had a, uh, I was training with Kung Lee's fight team, San Show, uh, kickboxing at the time and I was running full-time business too so I wasn't training consistently but I actually did my last Kung Fu match. I had a Kung Fu match in April. I had a, a Sancho kickboxing match uh, in May and then uh, I had a, uh, a Kung Fu uh, Grand Championship in June. So I told myself well if I win the Kung Fu Grand Championship then I'll stop and, uh, and I did. I won the Grand Championship and so so I stopped and then I started to get the itch again and then I started getting weird injuries training MMA and <clears throat> so I thought okay maybe this is just a sign or whatever but but now I'm coming up to age 50 and I'm like 
Mm, I'm having that itch again. And now I'm training in Muay Thai with uh, uh, Coach Rudy Ott from Smash Gyms in San Jose in the Milpitas. And uh, so now I have my eyes set on competing before I'm 50. Now, you uh, have a business. You're a Qigong practitioner. How much of a role has this practice played in your comeback? So Qigong, what's interesting is is that uh, going back to my back injury when I was 18, at the time of the back injury, when I was first introduced to Qigong, you know, at the time doctors were saying, well, Chris might be, uh, if he's not careful and moves the wrong way, you know, he might not ever have sex again and he might not walk again. And as an 18-year-old, that's pretty devastating news. Oh, yeah, it's pretty devastating, pretty <laughs> scary, right? <laughs> you know, that's an emoji. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, anyways, I uh, started doing these Qigong classes. I had other health problems, too, because I didn't used to take care of myself. And I kid you not, of doing after do, six months of doing these Qigong practices, what had happened was, was that those other health issues just suddenly resolved. I didn't know exactly what day it resolved or when. I just had this realization, like, oh, my God. So then I started going to school for Chinese medicine. But also at the time, too, doctors went from saying, well, Chris might not be able to walk again to, well, Chris will walk, but he'll never train again. Then it was, well, Chris will train again, but he'll never compete again. And like I said, I did my last uh, smoker and uh, uh, kung fu match at age 40. So... I like how the doctors were always just trying to place limits on you. It's like, well, there's certainly something you'll never do again. Right. I'm like, no, no, no. But the cool thing about Qigong is that, uh, you know, Qigong is actually the foundation of Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and Tai Chi. And where it comes in for sports performances is, is that, you know, it's really good, as we all know, to eat healthy, to train accurately, to hydrate, to get enough amount of sleep. But also the other things that, that come into effect that affect our performance is anxiety, let's say, or fear for some, uh, some of us, right? And so where the Qigong comes in is actually gives you tools to deal with that mental, emotional stress uh, before competition. But more importantly than that, it actually helps you deal with the past traumas in your life and the current day uh, issues and situations that we run into. So speaking to... Um, seasoned athletes, older athletes, people over 40 who may have an athletic background, may not have an athletic background, but certainly have some of these things that you mentioned, stress, anxiety, traumas. Uh, what kind of role can Qigong play to help people find their athletic side if that's something they're looking to do? Well, number one is quieting the mind because when we tell ourselves, especially as we age, that I can't do this now, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm too slow. That's really not our true self speaking. That's really just our ego talking. And I used to think that the ego was just some buff guy walking down the street with his chest puffed. That's one form of the ego, but also the ego could be the shy person. The ego could manifest as the inert person. So what Qigong first and foremost does is it gets you back into your body and not identifying with your thoughts in your head. And that you're not that person. If, you're, if you do have self-limiting beliefs or do say things that are negative about yourself that you can't do this or you can't do that really understanding not identifying with that that you actually have the ability to do whatever so qigong first and foremost gives you the tools to get out of your head back in your body but then also has other simple practices like for example that we have on our youtube page that help to deal with the anxiety of competition or the fear of competition and not only that, not, but also sports performance, too, of increasing your endurance, increasing your cardio. Because if your internal organs are functioning right, then your cardio endurance and everything will improve as well, too. And I'm talking about all the internal organs, not just your lungs. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the practice of Qigong kind of helps everything work in sync and quiets the noise that might be coming from your head. Yeah, yes, yes. And what when that happens, and what happens is, is that the organs actually increase in their functionality and start to communicate better the way that they're meant to. You know, not because if you have one organ that's out of balance, chances are you have uh, one or two other organs at least that are out of balance as well. So it helps these organs to function the way that they're supposed to. And when that happens, then the person has greater vitality and has a longer life. You know, what's funny is that in Chinese medicine, they say that you're supposed to live to 120 years old, but that's 120 years and die a graceful death, not suffering all the way until you're 120 or not suffering, you know, age 50 to age 70, right? So it becomes, and what's cool about Qigong too is that anybody could do it. So let's say you're somebody with intellectual disabilities and you're over age 40, or you're somebody that's a paraplegic and you want to start competing. Qigong is something you do from a seated or a standing position. You don't have to do it uh, entirely standing like other exercises. And the other cool thing too is that you don't need a mat. You don't need any special yoga clothing or, I mean, or, you know, what I'd say in specific type of clothing. Uh, you could do it in jeans. You could do it, you know, in khakis. Uh, a uh, skirt, maybe, maybe not. It just depends. But, but maybe not a pencil skirt. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a longer dress. But yeah. So, the, and the cool thing too is that it doesn't interfere or discriminate against your race, your gender, your belief structure. And it's not really a belief structure. I hear people say, "Well, you have to believe in it for it to work." I tell people, "No, just do the practices." I mean, I was 18 years old when I was when I was introduced to this, and I when that first instructor of mine started talking to me about chi, I was like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> There's no such thing as chi. There might be like cheese its and cheese whiz. That's as close to chi as I ever got. But yeah, I didn't believe in chi either. But then once you start to do these practices, you realize that everything around us is a form of chi. And if you have a hard time understanding or conceiving what chi is, just think of it in terms of blood or fluids. I mean, blood in your body is chi. If you have no blood, you die. If you're if you're anemic, you have lack of energy. I mean, it's a, it's a known fact. So, I mean, that's a form of energy. Yeah, and as with any practice. It's a practice. You just do the daily work. You do it every single day. It becomes a part of your life where you don't have to think about it. So if people get hung up on the chiness of the chi, just just do the practice. It's just like meditation. Like you may not think meditation is something for you, but if if you practice it every single day, it becomes a part of your life just like any other habit. Correct. Yeah, and you know, and it's something that coexists. You know with uh, your, your personal, your workout routine, your diet routine, your sleep routine. And uh, being down here in Los Angeles, you know, Eric the trainer is what has been, he's been bringing us down here for the last four years. And our great synergy is that he is able to transform people's physiques in a matter of weeks. And so he's really good at making people look beautiful from the outside. I'm good at making people or helping people look beautiful from the inside. You know, so when people are looking for that fountain of youth, the fountain of youth actually starts on the inside. And I think a lot of people really ignore that or dismiss that, but it's so important. Yeah, they do. I mean, who wants to talk about emotions, right? That's no fun. Oh, no. Nobody wants to do that. So um, how can people find out about your videos? You said you have YouTube videos that people can watch for free. Uh, where, where can people go to find them? So yeah, uh, go to Chris Shelton Qigong, and Qigong is spelled like it is on my shirt, Q-I-G-O-N-G. And uh, go to Chris Shelton Qigong, that's the YouTube page, also on Instagram. But on the YouTube page, uh, we launched a couple years ago, the 30 Days of Qigong, and it's free. Uh, it's like every, it's like you're taking 30, day, or 30 weeks with me at my studio in San Jose. 
So each day I talk about the practice, why you're doing it, according to Chinese medicine, how to do the practice, and each day builds on top of the next. It also corresponds, corresponds with my book, Qigong for Self-Refinement, Total Health with the Five Elements. Uh, we also have a couple of uh, meditations on iTunes, uh, the Center of Balance Meditation, the White Pearl Meditation by Chris Shelton, and no matter how simplistic the, the practice or the meditation is, everything is meant to do something medicinally inside the body. So the Twitter, the YouTube, the uh, Instagram account, uh, Facebook is all the same. Chris Shelton Qigong. Chris Shelton Qigong. That's Q-I-G-O-N-G for those who are listening and not watching on the Facebook Live. Um, awesome. So Chris is very accessible, uh, very active on social media. I see him on social media all the time. Uh, it's it's a very Social media is very not Eastern, but, yeah. but it's a necessary evil, I guess uh, people say. And yeah, it's a very it's a very strong platform and super useful because many people can't train with you or come see you in San Jose, uh, living where I grew up. But you can find him online on YouTube on social media. Yeah, yeah, and the, and we have a couple of websites too. We have uh, sheltonchigong.com, which is for the international audience, and it has all of our reviews, lists of classes, stuff like that. Uh, we also have a, an online Qigong teacher training program, which is uh, level one is thirteen weeks. So qigongteachertraining.com. And to make things even more confusing, we have uh, morningcrane.com for the San Francisco Bay Area uh, to let people know about our upcoming classes because we do cl uh, hikes. We're uh, affiliated or we have a contract with the Park and Rec and we do hikes like these yoga hike meditate practices. And so, yeah, so ch check out those websites. There's a lot of information there. Very cool. I'm going to have to do that if I ever get back up there again. And uh, when is your competition? When are, when are you scheduled to get back into it? Well, the key is is getting back in there and training consistently. That's number one. And uh, I haven't told Coach Rudy yet. So, if, Coach, if you're watching this, I'm just putting it out there. So you're going to have to hold me to it. Uh, That's accountability right there. You put it out there. You make that commitment, and then it has to happen. Yeah. So I'm hoping within this next year here uh, to just do an amateur, either another smoker or an amateur Bowie tie match, uh, just to test my own limits and see if I still got it. Awesome. Well, congratulations on getting back out there, being a seasoned athlete, and thank you for being on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. So, uh, website once again? So, website is uh, sheltonqigong.com or qigongteachertraining.com. Awesome. Check that out, and uh, thank you, Chris. We are here with Eric the Trainer, and Eric, I wanted to talk to you at the Celebrity Sweat event. Uh, that was just a week ago. And I was interviewing, I interviewed Billy Blanks out there. I interviewed Chris Shelton. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to er interview Eric. And they were like, he left. Yes, I, I had to run off because we had to meet Flo Rida, the hip hop artist, to uh, talk about the NBA All-Star Game. I suppose that's a valid excuse. Yes. I suppose. But, uh, you know, season athlete podcast, Flo Rida, NBA All-Star Game. I'll have to think about that. But uh, I decided because I wanted to talk to you, I decided to come out to your gym today. I came all the way out to your gym thank just you. so we could sit down and talk to you and have this interview that I wanted to have last weekend. So thank you for taking the time, inviting me out to your gym and sitting down with me today. Of course. Welcome to the ETT Mecca in Hollywood. We're so happy to host you. And thank you and welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Yay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests and that is what is your age at this moment in time? Many people would consider me to be 40 fine, but the truth is I'm 49. Oh, yeah. Did you just make that up right now? I did. You should hold on to that. You should use it again while you're still 49. How long are you still 49? Over five years. Okay. Oh, man. The hits keep coming. So, Eric, mm -hmm. you are Hollywood's physique expert. Thank you. 
You're welcome. <laughs> and you're 49 years old yourself. Have yes. you ever competed in a sport? I have never competed in bodybuilding or physique. I have competed in martial arts and I have competed in ski racing and in tennis. I'm, I'm a guy that loves sports away from teams where the individual dominates. And so uh, single person sports are the things that always attracted me because you sort of make your own destiny. And I love that. That's you against you. Correct. Yeah. Now, you train a number of people who are over 40, right? I train a lot of people that are over 40, specifically with an anti-aging mindset, uh, hoping to keep them physically relevant long, long into their 50s, 60s, and even 70s. And our results have been uncanny. Not only do we train entertainers like the guys from Nickelback and the guys from Def Leppard, but also we train a ton of actors. And also we even train designers like the guy that designed the fountains at the Bellagio Hotel is nearly 67 years old and he has the physique of Bruce Lee. So you're training high performers. Now let's talk about that anti-aging mindset. What are the keys to the anti-aging mindset? You know, it's really embracing the three factors of physical transformation, especially as we get older. It's doing the right exercise. It's doing, it's following the right diet and it's sleeping because sleep is the only time the body can transform. So you'll notice that a lot of older Americans, especially guys in their 50s, 60s and 70s will say to you, you know, it's funny, I no longer need that much sleep, four hours, five hours and I feel great. The reason they're experiencing that is because their bodies have stopped changing. They've stopped evolving. And so for them to, to live Evolution free for me is sort of the death of all hope. What we do is we challenge them with specific exercises that are designed to transform the body, but not injure it. We have them eat healthy foods that really give them the antioxidants they need to look and feel their best. And then their body does sleep because that's when the transformation occurs. Thank you for mentioning sleep. And it's something that Billy mentioned when I talked to him. Um, and it's something that people don't think about. Right. I think, you know, when we talk about fitness, when we talk about health and we talk about active aging, everybody talks about Working out, training, mm -hmm. eating well, those are the standards. You hear that everywhere and no one talks about sleep. Well, of the three, of exercise, diet, and sleep, sleep is by far the most important, the leader of the three. And the funny thing is that you could live for a number of days without food comfortably. You could live for weeks, months, and even years without exercise. But if you don't sleep, you will die. So sleep is obviously very important. The most important. Yeah. The most important. And when you were talking about people that say that, you know, as they get older, they're good with five or six hours. I was making a little funny face over mm -hmm. here because uh -huh. I'm like, I don't know who those people are. I don't, I don't understand that. I need sleep. I know I need sleep, but maybe because I'm living an active lifestyle and I'm trying to be a higher performer myself, right. I get it, but I can understand how people may not get it. And clearly they need to get it. Well, sleep is one of the most understood factors in human life. Um, sleep is to the body what an oven is to cookie dough. It's when all physical transformation occurs and sleep also uh, is impossible to make up. So if you miss sleep during the week and you figure I'll just crash on the weekend. It actually doesn't work that way. Sleep is uh, the number one medical issue worldwide. Sleep issues are the number one medical issue worldwide. And ultimately sleep will be the one thing that provides you with mental clarity and physical strength without injury more than anything else. Yeah. Agreed. So I want to talk about some of these uh, musicians mm -hmm. that you train because I I'm a big music fan uh -huh. and I'm an athlete and we talk about athletes a lot here on the show, but I see a really big correlation between high level musicians, like musicians, especially touring musicians. Right. Let's talking about Def Leppard, for example, I've been a fan of Def Leppard since 
the 80s. Oh, great. Um, We're going to be on tour with them this year, starting in the spring. There's a, a very well-known band called Journey that's opening up for oh, them on I tour. I think some and people have heard of Journey. And Yeah, and <laughs> they're playing um, baseball parks, specifically. Yeah. So they're going to go on a tour of nationwide of, of baseball places. And uh, Journey will be opening up for them. We'll be on the road with them. And it's going to be a great time. Besides working with those guys, we also work with Fallout Boy, The Strokes. Um, we, we work with tons of musicians. Yeah. So Def Leppard doing a stadium tour. Yep. Stadium stages are huge. Huge. Um, requires a lot of movement, mm -hmm. a lot of energy. And so that's where what I'm talking about, that correlation between athletes and musicians, touring musicians who have to go out there night after night and perform with energy. And right. a band like Def Leppard's been doing it for over 30 years. Do you train them as if they are athletes? Do they need to train and prepare themselves to perform as if they were competing in a sport. They do. And it's, they're actually, they have more responsibility than, than athletes because athletes just need to perform. These guys need to train like movie stars because they're up on stage and realize when it comes to entertainment, people are watching more movies on their phones now than they are in the theaters. They're watching more recorded television than they are live television and television and film has become a very intimate art form. So uh, those people are in your living rooms. Those people are on your phones. But if you really think about it, when you go to a concert and you look up on stage, those people are high above the crowd, almost like uh, the gods from Mount Olympus. And so in certain ways, they are the last rock stars. They are the last movie stars in society. Their looks are almost more important than their ability to, to perform. And so we need to give them the highest level of performance, but also the highest level of good looks and good health. So they radiate that confidence and that, that they ooze that that feeling that you get only at a rock concert. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, and I'm sure that's, that's a challenge for you, but also really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. And uh, we, we really have a great time working with them. And uh, if you look at the music business, the music business has changed dramatically. These artists make the most money touring now. Yeah. So you'll oh, see sure. a lot of these, of these bands are spending more time on the road because that's where they are able to cash in. Yeah, and it's really cool to see artists who are in their 60s. Right. Getting out there, doing stadiums, yep. rocking it out, like, and, and drawing in crowds. So it's really fun to see, and I hope I get a chance to see that that show. And if you need an assistant on tour, you know how to reach Okay, me. that sounds great, right. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun to be part of their success. It's fun to watch them uh, face the crowd and say to, say to us backstage, I feel and I look better than I did in my 30s, and I'm in my 60s now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. These guys are literally ageless, and it's it's exciting to watch them embrace health and see a correlation between their bank accounts and how good they look, and it's great. It's yeah, so yeah. And I, I love hearing those stories, too, when people are in their 60s, 70s, and say, I feel better than I did in my 20s and 30s, and that's sort of what we're all about here. So what advice would you have for people who are – a little bit older, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. and looking to kind of live their best life, whether it is as an athlete or just becoming more active. What advice would you have for those people? I would have three pieces of advice for someone who's over 40 and looking to stay their best. The first is realize and make a mental note of what your destination should be. Meaning if I'm in Dallas, Texas right now, and I'm at an airport, I could fly to New York or I could fly to Los Angeles, but I can't fly to both because if I try to fly to both, I'll end up nowhere. I'll end up in Chicago. So what I mean by that is 
when you walk into a gym, are you there for your best looks and health? Or are you there for performance? Because the two are polar opposites. People that try to capture the best looks and the best performance simultaneously ultimately achieve neither one at the highest level. So know why you're in the gym and follow guidelines within the gym that will lead you to that destination quickly, effectively, and safely. Because remember that as an over 40 person, when you injure yourself, it sometimes takes three times as long to heal as it did when you were in your 20s. And so, for example, here in Hollywood, we work with 90% actors and actresses, people that are on camera. There is no reason for them to shake a battle rope or to leap up on a box because nobody cares about that. That currency literally is worth nothing in Hollywood. However, if we use fitness as a tool to transform the body into something physically attractive, we take these people from normal to extraordinary, that has a lot of value. So my first of three is know why you're in the gym and either follow a performance schedule or a good look schedule to its fullest extent so you see the result you're looking for. The second is put things in your body that are healthy. Stop putting things in your body that are convenient because only through putting high quality food in your body can you see a high quality level of strength in the gym and good looks in the mirror. And number three, embrace rest. Sleeping is important. Early to bed, early to rise is a great way to follow it. I try to be in bed asleep by 10 o'clock every single night. I wake up between six and seven filled with energy and ready to conquer the day. So embrace the exercise, the diet and sleep that you want, but have a destination in mind and achieve those goals and you'll feel great. That's awesome. And I really like your point about choosing the destination because so many people don't. And I actually was just reading an article yesterday that, that was basically saying, do you want ripped abs or do you want to perform? Right. Like, cause, or I think it was in relation to CrossFit. Like, do you want to be awesome at CrossFit or do you want ripped abs? Because it's not both. Like you're either going to be a performance athlete or you're going to have those ripped abs. But if you're trying to focus on both, like you said, you're going to fail at both. Well, the funny thing is that the Navy SEALs challenged me to a day of fitness. They challenged me to push-ups, pull-ups, crunches, swimming, and running. We spent the day with them. It was incredible. They destroyed us <laughs> at swimming. There was no, it was like trying to swim against another fish. Um, running, we were pretty even. We destroyed them in push-ups because we actually use push-ups in the gym a lot. We were pretty even on pull-ups. It was, it was an amazing day, but at the end of the day, we all took a, a picture together with our shirts off. And if you looked at the picture, you would think that I was the Navy SEAL because of my appearance. All of those guys contacted me a week or two later via email saying, how do I look like you? So there's a huge difference between performance and mm -hmm. good looks. You said stop being a Navy SEAL so pretty much. To, yeah, so, yeah. So decide, decide what's important to you, performance or good looks, and go directly to that destination. Yeah. Awesome. And rest. Yes. Rest, rest, rest. And I, you know, I can't get enough of that. I go to bed at nine and get up at five. So I, love it. I embrace the rest. So let's talk about Celebrity Sweat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a show you host uh, on Discovery Life Channel, right? Yes, it I've is. seen it. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about Celebrity Sweat. Our mission with Celebrity Sweat is to motivate and inspire people to take great care of themselves and live their best life. We do it through the megaphone of celebrities and athletes. The most watched people on the globe are the ones that are on our show. We have so much fun. It's watched by children and adults both. It's a happy, high-energy show. And we just uh, we just finished filming our fourth season. Fifth season starts in about two months. Yeah. And definitely check it out. And it's, it's kind of for everybody. I've been watching episodes, and I like that the people you interview kind of span everything. Like, you've got athletes, you've got actors. You interviewed 
air supply. Yeah. Uh, that might be my favorite thing that you did on that show. I'm all out of love. I'm so, so lost, lost without, without you. you. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw them in concert last year. If you have not seen them, I definitely recommend did it. Did you see them in Pasadena? Saban. The Saban, Saban Theater. Theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I yeah. saw them there. Yeah, the they're amazing. Thing. They're yeah. terrific. We so, love those guys. So uh, that made my day when it's like, there's no one type of person that shows up on Celebrity Sweat. It right. really kind of spans everybody. Well, so we look really at cool. the spectrum of entertainers that uh, that appeal to everyone, and we really try to choose all of the most interesting ones from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. We have such a great time with those guys, and they understand that we're on a mission to motivate and inspire others, and they want to join that mission, and so it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a good mission to get behind. Absolutely. Yeah, who can, who can like, scoff at motivating and inspiring? That's pretty much our whole thing with Season Athlete Podcast. Yeah, we've really... We've We've had a lot of fun, a lot of success, and uh, our, new, our, our new season is going to be the best ever. Awesome. So, Eric, how can people learn more about you? Uh, they can go online. They can go to ericthetrainer.com, or they can look for me on social media at Eric the Trainer, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, come to Hollywood and work out with us at our gym. And the gym's amazing. I got a tour today. I love it. You got to come check it out. Eric, thank you. Eric, the trainer. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the Season Athlete Podcast, for inviting me out to your gym. Uh, and letting me sit down with you today. So it's been really awesome talking to you. You shared some really awesome gems for our listeners, and hopefully they will take action and go take a nap right now or go to bed, and then also train well, eat well, and live their best life. That's right. Put down that protein shake and grab a pillow. It's all about sleep. All right, season athletes, before we go, here are my top three takeaways from the three guests that were featured on the show today. Number one comes from Billy Blanks. As we age, mindset is important. As he said, when we get mind old, that's when we get into trouble with our health and our fitness. When you're practicing good fitness and nutrition habits, make sure you're practicing positive mindset habits as well. Number two was something Chris Shelton said that stuck with me about how to incorporate chi into your life, whether or not you believe in it. He said chi is like blood. If the blood doesn't flow, we die. If we're anemic, we're sick. So if you can reimagine it that way and then practice it daily like you would with any other habit, it could help you quiet your mind, put the focus back into your body, and allow you to experience the positive effects. And number three from Eric the Trainer, do not underestimate the benefits of sleep. As he said, we can go without exercise for a long time, without food for a little while, but without sleep, we die. When we sleep is when all of the work that we do in the gym really takes place. So as Eric said, put down the protein shake and grab a pillow. Get some sleep, seasoned athletes. Thanks again to Billy Blanks, Chris Shelton, and Eric the Trainer. You can learn more about them and find out how to contact them on the episode page for today's episode on seasonedathlete.me. And be sure to watch the new season of Celebrity Sweat on Discovery Life Channel. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard on this episode is from bensound.com. All right, friends, I have a really big favor to ask. I need your help to get the word out about Seasoned Athlete. How can you do that? It's really easy. Just share. Share it with your friends, your family, your network, or anyone you think might benefit from the stories told by the incredible athletes featured on this show. Send out an email, share on social media, or sing our praises from the mountaintops. The more you talk about Seasoned Athlete, the more people we can reach, inspire, and motivate through this show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for your help. And while you're at it, follow us on social, Seasoned Athlete Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And hey, do you know someone who would make a great guest on this show? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com, and tell us all about them. Or if it's you, tell us all about yourself. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you know what? You so can.